Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, welcome to the afternoon on Ausbiz. Great to have your company for the next 60 minutes. This program is called The Call, and uh, it is where we take a look at 10 stocks that you've suggested we take a look at, and uh, I put them to an expert panel. What an expert panel we have today. One of the best. Andrew Page from Strawman. Andrew, how are you, sir? I'm very good, Koshi. Yourself? Good. Yep. Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial. Michael, good to see you. Good to be here. He's got a bit of a spring in his step because the market's looking good. I'm not going to talk about your honeymoon, uh, but because the market's come back and a bit of life to it at the moment. Oh, I so think it's, it's always the ebbs and flows of the market and sometimes yeah. it's in your favour and sometimes it's not. In the last couple of weeks, things are starting to pick up again for yeah. us, which is nice. Yeah. What's mm. the, uh, uh, the sentiment on straw man? Yeah, it's still still really strong. Um, still very much focused towards small cap kind of growth, which yeah. uh, is, is, has been one of those things that's come back a little bit too. So, right. you know, good thing about the market, it was like 2000 something stocks. There's there's always opportunity yeah. That's, yeah. that's within that. Even when the wider market itself is not doing especially great, there's always something to buy. Yeah. So, you know, never a dull moment. And and lots of little listings going on at the moment too, isn't it? Lots of reading Propel, a new FinTech listed today. Oh, uh, I don't know. At a premium, um, valuation of nineteen and a half million, which is pretty small. Okay, uh, <laughs> but maybe small maybe a lot yeah. relative to their earnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If they so have any. another one in the fintech space, and I think there's a new listing a week this week or something. It's been pretty there? busy on that front in the US. I think we've got Coinbase. Oh yeah, yes. tonight. Yep. So that will be interesting yeah, to yeah. watch. I think. Yeah. A lot of the the Bitcoin Do you bandits. In Bitcoin? I, I don't. Um, Probably Why? wish I did. I just don't understand yeah, it enough right. at this point in time. Um, I, I do get that it's sort of a, a finite amount of Bitcoin and, and the usage um, is sort of growing, but it can't facilitate that many transactions relative to traditional means of transactions. And I think that might hold it back long term. Yeah. And if I look at it like a currency or I look at it like a, a commodity, name me one currency in history that's just gone up indefinitely. Name me yeah. one commodity in history that's just gone up indefinitely doesn't pay you a yield it's yeah. very volatile so there's all these no, things I'm i good. could list off but I'm, sad, I'm glad someone younger than me has the same opinion <laughs> all, all the bitcoin all the cryptos there are about 1400 different cryptocurrencies bitcoin's the sort of flagship of it but 
I just don't understand it. I'm a and recent I, convert. Are you? Yeah. I'm willing to be proven year. wrong. I don't, look, it's, not, it's a very, well, very... converted? Well, I, I think it, back in 2017, was it, when the first really big sort of rally happened, it was, yeah. it was still um, a, a lot of unanswered uh, questions. Uh, since that time, there's a couple of things. While there's still a lot of um, uh, coins out there, this one's definitely gained... Um, Prominence and that that's right. important, you know, in terms of yeah. the network effects well, it's and like the rest the of it. Pay of cryptos, it's a first mover advantage. I think I think you really. Oh, this is a big discussion. I know we've got a long uh, show, but I think you really have to go back to the idea of what is value, what is currency, and and it, it really comes back to what we all agree. It's it's all a story. I mean, it's not real, right. but neither is the Australian dollar. You know, when you really, <laughs> this is going to be edited and, and online. I'm sure. And if you, yeah, yeah. But 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 there is a there is a there is an acceptance now that wasn't there before. Who controls it? Uh, no one. But that's that's the, that's that's one of the big. Uh, who regulates points. it? No, it's self-regulating. So no one. Yeah. Um, is the market that you traded on regulated at all? Uh, no. 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 Okay. But this is the thing that's changed since 2017. We've had five or so years. <laughs> I've got of, four no's of four uh, fundamentals <laughs> you talk about with stocks. I, I know. I did this, <laughs> it's very out of character and it's it's a bigger discussion for another day. Oh, I'm, I'm bailing. It's very emotive. And people do mount good arguments uh, yeah. on yeah. both sides. And okay. particularly when it's done with such force, it can convert people. But I'm still reluctant. It's going uh, Although adoption is picking up. It's literally 1% of my, my portfolio. Okay. Yeah. But so still, that's 1 in 100. Uh, so that's not, not too bad. It was originally set up, um, Andrew's quite right, as what it means to you. Mm. And it's a, well, set up as a means of exchange for basically um, drug cartels and, <laughs> and gun runners, arms dealers, yes. as their means of exchange that no one could uh, follow the transactions because it's all anonymous. You don't put your name to your Bitcoin investment. No one knows who you are. And if you no. lose your password, it just... A, a, lot of, a lot of the truly new technologies have some pretty ominous kind of... Like stuff. I agree with blockchain. Yeah. I well, blockchain, blockchain, wonderful technology. Blockchain is terrific. It just can't get crypto. I mean, look, look, a lot of the... I mean, Look at the internet. I mean, it was it was pornography that was really the thing that sort of propelled that. To, so yeah, there, there's always there's always something to it. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting right. myself okay, in trouble. All right, how about this? We dedicate an episode of the call to cryptos, and instead of ten stocks, we'll do ten cryptos. I might have to sit that one out. That I'll only have a, I don't know a view on a couple, but I'm I'm, I'm happy to join in. All right, yeah. leave that with me. So don't. Sort of um, crypto, sort of nuts. Don't bang on to me about it and complain. Oh, you're a dinosaur. You just don't want to understand it. We'll do an hour, and we'll go through the different cryptos because it's more than just Bitcoin. It at is the moment. Yep. Ethereum and Ripple, Ethereum Lite, Lite and yeah. Ripple and yeah, all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. Doge. What the, what the hell do they do? <laughs> all right. Uh, before we get into your uh, 10 stocks that you suggested, I choose a stock of the day. I thought we'd go back to buy now, pay later. A lot happening and uh, it was up 17% yesterday. I think it's up again today. Zip uh, topping broker targets after its third quarter results yesterday. Uh, City upgrading the stock uh, to buy from neutral. They lowered the price target to 11.30 from 11.35. Not much different. Uh, Jeffrey's upping its uh, price target to $10.12 UBS. Price target raised um, 1.6% to 650 a share. Yesterday, the company 
reported an 80% rise in third quarter revenues to well over $114 million. It's US arm, we've talked about this a bit before, quad pay is really shooting the lights out off a low base, mind you. Uh, but it's triggered a bit of an increase in zip. Andrew, um, what do you think of the result? And are you interested at these levels? Look, I, I have let uh, the whole BNPL thing pass me by, I, I, um, to, to my great regret. Um, it does extremely well on Strawman. It's actually the number two ranked stock there. It's up 50% yeah. in our index. So it's very popular there. Um, the, the growth is phenomenal. Right. Yep. Um, th there's no denying that. I, I think as a concept, it is here to stay. Um, uh, I, I think like a lot of these things, uh, eventually you'll probably see about 90% of the offerings sort of go to zero, but those that remain will be very large, powerful companies. I think yep. it's got a long way to run. My big um, criticism with a lot of these has been the valuations. I was on uh, the Equity Mates guy show uh, a couple months ago when Afterpay yeah. was 150, yeah. and they wanted, they wanted someone to do a bear case for it. And I started off by talking about how wonderful the company is and how much it's achieved. And it, it's, it's really hard to, to throw cold water on their success and their growth, their oh, yeah. fundamental success. Um, but every valuation matters. And when, when, you know, nothing is worth an infinite amount. Yeah. So, so that has been the hard thing, to, I think, to get your head around. So if you think a stock is overvalued, doesn't mean it's a bad company. Oh, no. Does it? It's just that... Valuations got ahead of themselves. And it goes the other way too. You yeah. can have absolutely crappy companies that are great investments if yeah. they're cheap enough. I mean, yeah. I think AMP is one of the worst listed companies out there. One cent a share, I'd back the truck up. So yeah. it's 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 about it's more about trying to have a firm view on what the cash generation ability is, is of this business over its lifetime and putting a number mm. on that. Whether it's good or it's bad, there is a value for it that you yeah. can make money on. And I think what happens with a lot of these things is that these, these narratives, which all, all, of, all of the good bubbles have great narratives and they have a lot of truth to them as well, but it sort of decouples from reality at a point. Yeah. So this is my argument with Afterpay. I, I think it will grow very, very strongly for many, many years. It's probably as got one business. of the- As a business. Yeah. I think it has one of the best chances of being one of those surviving kind of players. But at the time it was on 80 times sales or something. So you, you can even, I like to do what if. So forecasting yeah. is, is very hard, yeah. particularly about and the these future. Are as, as these Yogi are financial sales, which are always inflated to a normal company that sells a widget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's, it's kind of, it, it, I mean, you, you can sort of say, well, let's say, let's say that they grow their top line by 30, 40% for 10 years. And let's say that they get these incredible margins. You can just do what ifs. And what you do when you do a variety of these sort of scenarios is that there are some scenarios where it still represents value at that yep. price, but there's a lot more scenarios where it doesn't. And you get this asymmetry in your return profile. So I really like to look for things where there's more upside than mm -hmm. downside. I'm going to be wrong a lot, probably going to be wrong at least half the time. That tends to be the way in investing. But when I'm wrong, I don't want to lose my shirt. Um, uh, yep. And this is the problem with things that are priced for perfection. So in terms of zip, it's a good, it's a good segue there because whereas um, it doesn't have the, the size and the strengths and I think the same amount of quality as Afterpay, if you, if you annualize the most quarter, uh, recent quarterly results, it's on, a, it's on a price to sales of about 10, where I think Afterpay on the same kind of basis on a price to sales of about 40. So it's right. about a quarter oh, of the okay. price on that basis. 
So look, it's, for me, the, 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 big, the, the big question that, that I have here is I think there are some, some, some potent moats with these kinds of things, but at the same time, I think customers can be very fickle and, and someone could easily switch to another provider. If you there are is really offering. sitting on the fence. Come on. For me, no. No. Michael? <laughs> yeah, Andrew's done an incredible job there, yep. Tata, to follow. He's, he's it's really all about nuance. covered a lot of bases. Um, buy now, pay later is a bit like Bitcoin. It's sort of an area which has passed yep. me by in recent times. Um, Afterpay, I actually invested in it on the day of listing and actually got a couple of clients that invested in it on the day of listing. Wow. But I sold out half my parcel at about $4.50 and the rest at about $8, $9. So... Look how, look how well it's gone on today. I've got one client or, or maybe two clients that still hold a portion of it from the oh, day it listed who have okay. done incredibly well, but a lot of other clients sold off my advice. So the yeah. ones that didn't take my advice did the best. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's got to that point where they're unhinged from reality and everyone's pricing in best case scenario. Including zip. To, including including right. zip. Even though it's on... Zip's done a great job. They've e expanded nicely into the US. Two yeah. school buddies getting together, QuadPay and Zip, really getting some wonderful numbers over in the US. But not all buy now, pay laters are the same. Um, zip yeah. isn't getting as many customers per day as, say, an Afterpay. Uh, its account receivables turnover is not as good as Afterpay, although it is improving. They tend to be longer maturity loans and bigger transaction types. So the risks yep. are slightly higher as well. And that's probably why it trades on lower multiples than an afterpay. But um, I can see a, a situation where afterpay and zip turn out to be the winners globally, but there are literally hundreds of competitors that have entered this market in recent yep. times and probably another hundred potential competitors sitting on the fence that haven't decided yet to be involved, but could. So I think that over time margins will start to compress mm merchants will start to push back um, once yeah. their options increase in, in terms of their potential providers. Um, okay. And in that situation, these businesses become more like factoring companies where mm -hmm. historically factoring businesses have been around for a long time, the margins aren't that great, and they tend to be a more mm, archaic a financial yeah. transactions than many yeah. people give it credit for. It's just been packaged and bundled up as new age when really this sort of payments and financing goes back a long time. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm happy to watch from the sidelines. Okay. Still, I wish them all the best as a parochial oh, yeah. Australian, but yeah, I yeah. can't put my money to work just yet. Yeah. But certainly there will be a price at yeah. one point if they pull back far enough that I would be interested. Yeah. And Larry and Paul, the, uh, the founders, have ju just done a sensational job. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right, let's move on to the 10 stocks that you want us to take a look at. Michael, uh, Tim wants to be on Samfire Resources. Um, they're in the production and sale of copper concentrate. Uh, containing gold and silver as a as a byproduct. Uh, uh, operations in WA, Botswana is another one. One in Montana as well mm -hmm. in the United States. Yeah, so Sandfire is actually a business that we bought at the back end of last year. Um, obviously, the copper price was going crazy. Yep. Inventories in China have been run down to the lowest levels probably in ten years. And the problem is when your inventories have been run down so far and then you want to increase your demand for copper, not only do you have to replenish your inventories, but then you've got to buy more on sort of on top yeah. of that. So we had a view that the copper price would do quite well, going against sort of our, our normal grain of investing. But as it turns out, sort of we've done okay off it for clients, but Oz Minerals probably would have been a better alternative uh, looking at the copper market. Sandfire's got an issue where with their key source of, of revenue is a mine with a short mine life. I think some of the expectations is that this mine closes down in 2020, 
22, which will force their hand to go and generate revenue elsewhere from their existing assets, which have different geopolitical risks, etc. Um, so that's one of the concerns the market has. But as the copper price keeps moving higher, the marginal benefit for this company is better than, say, an Oz Minerals, right. we think. So that's why we've been sort of drawn to it. Okay. Um, the thing is, as this you mine- still like it? We still like it. As this mine continues to deplete, the name eludes me at the moment, um, the costs of production go up because it's harder to extract the same quantity of Is this of the ore. WA one? That's the WA the one, the Australian, that's the it. Yep. The Grusa. Um, so look, but we still like it. We think copper will continue mm. to do well. Um, Oz Minerals has been the far and away standout performer, but I think Sandfire has a lot more upside um, if the copper price okay. holds at these levels. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not my go-to as a sector, no. um, and so you know, so it's just off my radar. So I had a look in re- uh, regard to the show, just expecting, oh, here we go, another unprofitable miner that's gonna <laughs> do something. But they make money, and they've been yeah. around for a long time. Uh, they pay a dividend, so oh, it's yeah. like, okay, all of a sudden, that's that's a hell of a lot more interesting. Also, very strong balance sheet, no debt, three hundred and thirty million in cash, and that's interesting. And also very unusually for uh, a company like this, the share count has been remarkably consistent too. So their capital management has been excellent. So you go, oh, tick, 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 tick. Um, and, and as Michael rightly alluded, the big thesis here is for a, an increase in the copper price. Yeah. And you know, their cost- as, as economies grow, production factories need more copper. Yeah, they call it Dr. Copper because it's such a good read on the economy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a good indicator of economic health and stuff. And there, and there is some very smart people who, who expect that to go up a lot and they will benefit a lot from oh. that. But one of the, the tricky things with resource companies or commodity-based companies is that they, um, whenever there is a, um, a supply shortage, that is always met because there's a lot of copper in the, in the Earth's crust. Yeah. And, um, and there's a very powerful economic incentive to, to go and exploit that when, when the prices are, are very high. So, so these margins never last. So it becomes much more about timing. Mm. So when you, even though this is, this is uh, you know, a profitable dividend paying, strong balance sheet, well-managed kind of company, I mean, the per share earnings of this business, about the same what it was in 2013. Yeah. You know, it's got up and down since, actually down a little bit since then. Share price about 30% down, I believe, since when it listed. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just a very, very, very tough area and it's outside of my wheelhouse. And so it's, it's one of those ones that goes in the too hard pile for me. Okay. Yeah. For, for us, the reason sort of behind it was it was a, a cyclical play on the re-emergence from COVID thing. Yeah. But from a long-term perspective, we won't be holding this one forever. Yeah. It's more of a, You're riding a short-term trade. Yeah. By that, I mean 12 months, 18 yeah. months, depending yeah. on how things play out. Okay. All right, there you go, Tim. Thank you for that suggestion. Andrew Neal wants a view on GR Engineering Service, an engineering consultant and contracting firm um, in the resource area. Just signed a deal last couple of weeks with Pantoro for, to... Um, uh, service the Norseman Gold project in WA? Yeah, expecting pretty good uptick in sales this year. Having a look at their presentation, should be up about 50% also wow. on improved margin. So um, that looks good. Um, pretty decent forward order book. Uh, services businesses though, again, I, you know, I hate to generalize because there are always exceptions, but it's not an area I like to focus in because it's just a tough area. There's a lot of engineering businesses that are out there. You have to re- continually replace the work as contracts roll off. 
um, uh, you're, you're susceptible to the underlying cyclicality of, of, of the industries that you're servicing. Um, you know, again, it's, it's very illustrative to, to look at a company's long-term history uh, and a sector's long-term history as well. So these businesses all did great, great guns in the mining boom. Um, and then they all fell away. And then there'll be another, you know, period of investment, they'll all ramp up yep. again. So, you know, you can kind of, you get a, you get a sense of it there. So it, 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 it's another one where it comes back to a question of, of timing. Um, and it, one where, because there are a few real decent um, competitive advantages here, you have to have a huge amount of faith in the execution of management uh, as well, uh, which is nothing wrong with all of that. But it just, it just tends to be an area that I, I steer clear of. Interestingly enough, the PE is only on about 14 or, or so, so, so potentially there is some value there, but it wouldn't be a set and forget for me. And for me, it, it comes back to that litmus test of, yeah, sure, it's fine, but are there mm. better alternatives? for Because yeah. I, I like to play favorites, and, and I just think that there are at least 20 companies that are better out there. Okay. So for me, it's no. Uh, for me, it's a no too for very similar reasons. Um, you got to sort of turn your mind back to Forge, that was a mining services company that went belly up after the mining boom, bought long year was another one that had some mm. pretty big yep. troubles. So when you're a smaller mining services company, you're only ever one or two contracts away from going wrong, mm. from being in, being in big trouble. Yeah. And I just struggle to see what this competitive advantage for this particular company. They've got some great uh, customers. I think they've got Saracens, they've got um, Oz Minerals, I think, and maybe Origin even as well. Yeah. Um, and I think they do a bit in the mineral processing space. That mm. might be their area of expertise, whereby you grind up You've seen those yeah. big conveyor belts, the ground yeah. up. So that sort of stuff in terms of planning the projects and holding the company's hand all the way through the process. Um, but I just think from a, a, a medium longer term perspective, I don't see how this company can yeah. develop any sustainable competitive yeah. advantage. Sort of Monodelphus is the biggest in the sector. Monodelphus, Wally Parsons Wally, in this more yeah. sort of oil and energy and stuff. But there's a lot of them out there, particularly in this smaller end of the market. Yep. And McPherson's, there's, a, there's many, there's so many. Yep, all right. Um, Michael Glenn wants a view on Aurora, the, uh, the packaging business, um, sort of packaging up everything from boxes to mm -hmm. glass bottles, cans, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so Aurora is one that we held going back four, five years ago. Um, haven't really held it for a couple of years or more. This was a business that was spun out of Amcor um, almost a decade ago, probably now. Um, there's got two main parts to the business. There's the, the plastics or the bottling part of the business. And then there's the, the fiber part of the business. So in the bottling part of the business, they're probably market leaders. I mean, Australia, they've got 60% or more of the market share. So if you think about anything from a bottle of Coke to wine bottles, yeah. to cans of beer, yeah. to the punnets that your strawberries come in, that's all more often than not Aurora in Australia. Yeah. Um, and then in the, the, the fiber business, they're the sort of secondary partner or secondary member of the duopoly, which Visi dominates. Right. Um, they also got a big portion of their business overseas these days uh, in the US, which is a fragmented industry. So they're a small player in a fragmented industry, but probably more chance for growth. Um, the, the good thing that this company was doing five years ago was that they were reducing headcount. They're really taking out a lot of the inefficiencies in the business that was around when they bought it off Amcor, or when, when they sort of split off from Amcor. And that was great because their margins were expanding, their earnings were going up. But now that they've gone through that cost out story, the drivers of growth are probably starting to diminish somewhat. Um, and that's a fairly narrow trading range yeah. over five years, is it? 370 to 220, 230. The opportunities for growth are now somewhat reduced. Right. 
Um, it pays a stable, good dividend yield, so it often gets dividend support once it reaches the, the bottom end of the trajectory. It was a, meant to be a beneficiary of COVID because obviously everyone's at home getting pre-packaged parcels right. delivered and everything. Yeah. But then on the same token, they had this big trade war, or there was a big trade war with China when it came to wine. So often they're, they're bottling, the Australian uh -huh. exports of wine to China are affected, so they weren't bottling as much wine. So they've had these two sort of countering forces at play. Not, not a bad business at all, a decent income payer, but I just struggle to see where the drivers of growth are going to come for right. now that the industry's evolved somewhat and that margins have been maximised as far yeah. as they can probably go. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, we're going to yeah. agree a lot yeah. here, yeah. I think. Um, it, it's, it's a, we, we talked a bit about competitive advantage or moats before. And this has got scale, right? And this is, a, this is an industry that's sort of hard to crack into when there's such big dominant players with that scale that's there. Um, so this is a business that will be around for a long, long, long time. There's, there's very little doubt about that. But Michael rightly points out, where does the growth come from? Yeah. Um, so you either have to see you know, underlying economic growth. Um, there's, there's one part of that. And the other part of it is, uh, is, is uh, capturing more market share. And then there's some other parts in terms of the efficiency gains and that kind of stuff, which is you know, that, that lemon has been squeezed pretty hard already. Yeah. So having a look at, at management's um, recent presentation, they're actually going through a bit of a strategic review, a bit of a refresh of, of the management. And they're sort of saying, listen, we're probably going to be lower single digit growth for the next year or two, and then moving up to sort of mid to upper single digit growth, which would be great if they can achieve it. But that's the growth that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. and, and for that growth, assuming that they can achieve that, you're paying a PE of about 18 also. Mm -hmm. So I think if you like dividends and you're happy enough with a 6 or 7% long-term average total return per annum, then yeah. But for me, it's not enough. Right. Yeah, so it's okay. Again, again, as you guys keep keep pointing out, good business does it well. Yeah. But if you're going to have twenty stocks in your portfolio, and you want growth, you know there are twenty better stocks. Yeah, uh, that's how you can do it. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, uh, Andrews Macquarie Telecom, one of those stocks. Nikki wants a view on that. The telco area, Macquarie Telecom, sort of a um, bit of a darling of the market. Yeah. All the telcos. Um, our darlings at the moment. We had um, Gaurav Sodhi and Nathan Somersandaran on on Monday, and uh, they they would bag Telstra terribly. Yeah. Um, sort of nine, twelve months ago. Now they're saying, well, these telcos are getting their act together. Even Telstra. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw the show actually. I made yeah, some yeah. good points. Um, yeah. yeah, like there's. It's not a company I've looked at closely, um, but then when I was doing a bit of prep for the show, um, it's interesting. So when you look at their, their revenue growth, and they put a big focus on EBITDA, so yeah. earnings once you take out the interest tax and the depreciation and amortization, um, it's what Charlie Munger calls BS earnings or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because, from from Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, if you, if you take Warren, away- Warren Buffett's the bright. Some people would say Charlie is the brains behind Warren Buffett. He is a phenomenal Warren, Warren's person. Warren's the marketing guy and Charlie's the brains. Oh, look, they're, they're, they're both very brainy, but yeah, Charlie yeah. Munger is, is a polymath. He's incredible. Um, but uh, what's interesting, though, is that when you... And so there's a lot of growth in, the, in those two metrics there. But when you sort of look at the, the statutory earnings per share, well, not so much. And so it looks, I need to do a bit of forensic accounting here, yeah, yeah. but it looks as though there's something going on, the difference between depreciation and amortization. This, this is reflected in the, the PE, which is 80, um, mm. which is really high up there. So I, I, ex, I expect the market has probably rightly said, well, statutory earnings are one thing, but in terms of the actual cash that we're generating, it is yeah. another. 
So there's something that really I need to really sort of dig into on on that basis. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's 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 a, it's a space where which is which is very interesting. I think as a sector, it's going to continue to grow very well. They have a very deliberate focus on corporate and government, um, and there's some nice characteristics in that space. They've got some good assets. So they seem to be well managed. But but again, and I, I know it seems like a bit of a cop out, but but I've got no shame in putting things into the too hard basket. Right. I'm fond of saying I like I like the one foot bars to step over. Right. That are just you know yeah, you yeah. get it's a buffetism as well. Like so, if if you really need to do you know a, a four terabyte Excel spreadsheet and and have you know a PhD in accounting to sort of make sense of it, it's just yeah. too hard for yeah. me. Um, it's one that's been around for as long as I can remember. Uh, yeah. um, it just, but for some reason, I just never end up looking into it that much. Probably because of the reasons Andrew points out. It is quite a complicated business. It's hard to understand how some of these metrics end up playing out. Um, but basically, there's two core parts of the business which seem simple enough in themselves. There's the business-to-business -business telco business, yep. uh, which is sort of voice and mobile services, just like we would normally think of um, and then there's sort of a data center business and a cloud business mm. and, and all these things sort of feed so in. Do they, own, they own Canberra data centers don't they? I think I so. Think Canberra's their, their yeah. big sort of ones mm, yeah, in, yeah. In, Australia, yeah. in Australia or in New South Wales or around that big area. Big government provider. Um, yeah. And they yeah lots of governments lots of very big corporates are yeah. their clients um, and basically they if you go to them and you're a company of a hundred people they'll help make your if telephone systems more efficient, your internet services yep. more efficient, your mobile services more efficient yep. by giving uh, you access to their network, um, which no one else really has access to other than big corporates. Yep. So it's quite niche for big business. They've recently sort of changed their network provider for mobiles from Telstra to Optus, which I think has helped boost the margin in that part of their business for them. Um, but for me, um, it's look, it seems like a pretty good quality telco. But the telco industry does go through these ebbs and flows. It was only a few mm. years ago when there was consolidation going on left, right and centre. TPG, M2 Communications, there was IINet. All these companies went crazy. Yeah. Everyone except for basically Telstra. Um, and that's starting to happen again. There's a few sort of mergers and acquisitions going on and, and consolidation of the industry again. But for me, um, it's, a, it's a no, just because I lack the understanding at this point. Okay. All right. And Kate, uh, Michael wants a view on uh, Freelancer. Mm -hmm. the online sort of marketplace for, yeah. for freelance jobs. Yeah, there seems to be a, a few of these um, getting around at the moment. There's yeah. sort of Airtasker, which this is was one of the originals. That list was the original, um, and it had a very good IPO and yep. it was all the rage for some time. But I think their underlying platform performance has been somewhat underwhelming. Uh, you had Airtasker recently list. There's yeah. High Pages as well. Upwork. Um, yeah, there's yeah. like many, many. Um, Freelancer tends to be more international in its focus, whereas Airtasker is more domestic focused. Uh, same with High Pages, but that tends to be more about trades, such as you know getting a, a plumber in or getting a, a roof fixed or something like that. Whereas Airtasker Freelancer tend to be more broad, anything from computer programming to yeah. writing up something yeah. or whatever it Freelancer may be. Freelancer started in graphics. Yeah, graphic that's design that's right. Things like that. Yep. Um, but I think. Look, for mine, freelancers, just the story that's never taken off and a lot of competitions emerge in that space and I think that others might be winning out for now. But look, it, it, it's a, an interesting, should be a high margin type business, but for me, it's just never sort of delivered on its yeah. promise. Yeah, there's, there's, oh man, there's so much to say about this. To start off with, I love marketplace businesses. Yep. They, they are brilliant, you know, car sales, 
Seek, eBay, you know, these, yeah. these businesses. Oh, there's, there's just, when, when, you, when you own the market, um, there are huge network effects at play. Yeah. There are more, uh, in this case, there are more freelancers there, which attract more uh, uh, people who are looking for work, which attracts more, and it just, it feeds on itself so wonderfully well. Um, when you, the share price has been awful um, in terms of its performance. Underneath that, they've, they've, they've had some pretty good success in terms of, you know, um, when you look at uh, the number of jobs posted, the number of users on there, you know, web traffic, yeah. all of this kind of stuff. It's all been moving in the right direction, but it's just been consistently unprofitable <laughs> for a very, very long time. Um, I think what is different now to back in 2016 was that they, when they listed, there was just, because of all of these factors, there was so much hype in there. Oh, huge. And it comes back to my and point. Matt, and the founder, Matt Barry, was, you know, a real entrepreneur. And a good, terrific. A good yeah. sales, you could weave yeah, yeah. a good story. Yeah. I, I actually think there's some credit to a lot of the things that they've yep. said, but it comes back to that earlier point at the top of the show, valuation matters. And that's why I avoided it, it, it then. It was just an insane price. You know, everything was factored into it. And sooner or later, the market loses patience and reality catches up and economic fundamentals come back back to the fore. So I think this time around, it's a little bit different in the sense that they, they are cash flow positive in the most uh, yeah. recent period. Um, they look to be on the cusp of profitability. Shares are now on about 4.6, 4.7 times sales, which is actually pretty low for fast growing um, tech businesses. And you know they, they tend they, they seem to be the larger player in a lot of the markets that they operate in, which is which is a really nice sort of position to be in. So every time um, someone posts a job and that gets filled, uh, you got to pay three percent on that. If you're a freelancer and yep. you accept a job, you pay ten yep. percent on that. They're just clipping the ticket on yeah. the way through. So I. Th- I'm going to actually put this as a, as a cautious buy. I need to do oh, more, more work on this. But I think that was then, this is now, it, it looks as though, this is the time I think to buy these kinds of businesses. Yeah. And a lot of that, that impatient money has exhausted itself when you're actually seeing uh, light at the end of the tunnel in terms of what the business is, is capable of doing. Um, and it's a, from looking at the market, like you have, you have the car sales and the REAs and the Seeks. Yeah. Um, and they're just monoliths going through. But then you have, um, I got in on the red bubble float oh, yeah. and s- still hold it. And my brother put me into it um, because the founder was a client of his. And it's mm. like an online Etsy, if yeah. you like. And I thought, oh, this is quite interesting. It's just powered along. Yeah. And I've yeah. just kept going because I think it just keeps surprising me because they got the financial model of the marketplace right. Yep. If you don't get it right, well then you knack it. And you get that dominance. It just, it just if, if you're an artist looking to sell um, yeah. your, your IP online, well, you're gonna go to the biggest marketplace. Yeah. And if yeah, I'm yeah. a buyer, I'm gonna go to where right. And so those, those are the, the most powerful moats you can get. Yeah. So I think when, um, when cause these things didn't exist 10, no. 15 years ago. It's really exciting. And I've, I've actually used their services before. They're actually really good yeah. uh, in terms of uh, freelance. And I've also used Upwork as well. So I, I, think, I think that when you can kind of have some confidence that they are going to be okay. one of the surviving dominant players, that is very interesting. All right. Okay, let's recap the first five uh, stocks, including our stock of the day, Zip. It's a, a no from both Andrew and Michael. Good company, but valuations just too high at the moment. Uh, Sandfire Resources, uh, a yes from Michael, a no from Andrew, it's not in his wheelhouse. Uh, GR Engineering, a no from both Aurora, a good company, but can't see uh, enough growth 
to satisfy their investment criteria. Macquarie Telecom, I know, and a freelancer, a no from Michael, and a cautious buy, a cautious buy from uh, Andrew, mm -hmm. uh, who is not often that, oh, he is cautious. <laughs> no, <I'm serious>. <laughs> <laughs> um, here on the call, we have our own fantasy portfolio that we've been tracking since the 1st of July, thanks to our partner, Nabtrade. Um, any stocks that get two thumbs up from our expert panel goes into the portfolio. If it comes up again and doesn't get the unanimous thumbs up, well, then it goes out of the portfolio. Let's see how it's been going for the week. It's up almost 2% for the month, almost 5% since the 1st of July, up 29%. Now, if you want to, some of the stocks that have been added recently, National Tire and Wheel. Uh, car sales, Ordinate, uh, the Van Eck Vectors, Australian Banks ETF and Centuria. Some of the uh, stocks are removed, Webjet, Premier Investment and Incitech Pivot. If you want to take a look at the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, coming up on the Pulse just after one o'clock, um, Coinbase is set to uh, list on NASDAQ tomorrow, what could be the biggest listing of the year. We preview what it means for the company and cryptocurrency with Michael McCarthy from CMC Markets is going to go through it for us. All right, let's get into the uh, second five stocks. And Andrew, David wants a view on Service Stream. David said, I bought Service Stream at $2.20. Its price is halved. Should I hold or sell off? Uh, it's a provider, it's basically one of the telecommunications companies we talked about with uh, Macquarie Telecom, uh, providing network services uh, and to the energy and water industries and things like that. Pretty big, 40 locations uh, around the country, 2,200 employees. Yeah, so asset management um, and, and the big tailwind for them recently has been um, uh, the MBN rollout and activation is yep. really good for these guys that's past its peak. And you can see that in the share price and you can see that in their earnings. What was interesting, I think, about this is that none of this should have been a surprise. In fact, management themselves, if you go back and look at some of their past, they're sort of saying, oh, well, you know, at a point, this thing is rolled out. And, that, yeah. and it comes back to my point too about service companies. You have to replace that work when it's, yep. when it's gone. And, and this, this is what happens. So um, yes, the PE is only on, on about 10. I think the, the second half is still gonna be tough for them. Um, again, they'll be around for a long time. They're a very big player. They're, they're good at what they do. Management is, 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 seems to be pretty uh, uh, switched on, but geez, it's a bit of a, a headwind to sail into. One thing, a uh, favorite hobby horse of mine, just to um, uh, talk about David's question, is that so often investors will frame things such as, I bought at X, yeah, yeah. it is now Y, what should I do? And yeah. I, I just think it's, it's really, it, very uh, understandable thinking, yep. but totally irrelevant thinking. The market doesn't know or care what you bought your shares yep. at. Yep. You, you imagine you spring into existence today and you look at your portfolio, or imagine your portfolio was just converted to cash, would you buy back the same shares in the same proportions? Yep. Um, uh, so there is nothing more dangerous than hanging on to a dud stock purely because you're, you're afraid to crystallize a loss. The yeah. loss has been made, whether you've crystallized it or not, right? Yeah, you can't marry a stock, can and, you? And the, you cannot, and the most beautiful thing about, well, one of the really great things about the share market is that I can press my thumbs on my smartphone about eight times and I can turn that into something else. Yep. You know, so whether it was worth 20,000 and now it's worth 10 or whatever, well that 10 can now be put into something else. So the question for David is, 
is uh, with the money that you've got in service stream, where is the best place for that to grow today? Is it right. to stay on this horse or is it to change horses? I would suggest it's to somewhere to change horses. And a little bit of a silver lining to this gray cloud is you've now got a tax loss that you can offset other well, gains I, against. I was, I was actually going, going to say, we're in April, middle of April, you'll be starting to think about tax. Yeah. If you've, if you've taken profits on a really good stock or you're thinking about it uh, during the year or it's coming up, you offset with your capital gains tax, talk to your accountant about it, of course, mm. and that could help with your decision making mm. as well. Mike. That's it. Um, look, Service Stream actually came up on our radar, again, going back four or five years ago, because it always passed all these filters that you would put in, you know, growing revenues, growing yeah. earnings, margins were expanding. The chart, as you just saw there, going back five years, was doing really well for a while. And then you started to look into the business and you just started to realize the complete reliance that this company had on the MBN. Yeah. And you started to see mm -hmm. that that would eventually roll off. Um, they even went out of their way to say that to the market and they went and did this yeah. big acquisition. Um, the name is eluding me again here. What was it called? I'll just quickly get it up for everyone so that they have it in front of them. Comdane. Comdane uh, Infrastructure. Uh, yes. mm. They acquired that business. They didn't pay too much for it, but the multiples were still quite lofty. And the whole idea was that was going to give them a new revenue source outside of the MBN. Uh, but revenues are still down roughly 20% over the last sort of 12 months or so. Uh, and they continue to fall fall away. So from my perspective, it's always hard to buy a business when it's going through such a big shift. Yep. There will be new MBN contracts that are out there. Um, they haven't been allocated yet. You would expect ServiceStream to win some of them, but that's again a bit of a binary outcome. What if they don't? Mm -hmm. um, again, there's gonna be a big hole in their, their revenue sources. So from mine, the balance sheet looks all right. Um, it's pretty clean. You know, They're generating some free cash flow and it's looking a lot cheaper than it ever was in the past. And the market has a tendency to overact on the upside and overact on the downside. So perhaps now is not a bad time to get in, but there's a lot of variables that are still unknown okay. about contracts that are emerging and whether they're going to win those contracts. So for mine, it's a, a no-go. Okay, so if, if you bought it for $220, um, I, look, I wouldn't get out of it? I would just exit it until yep. there's a bit more certainty as to a turnaround because all the momentum in terms yep. of the balance sheet at the moment is very poor. You want to yep. see the light at the end of the tunnel and then the potential inflection yep. point where things take a turn and for the better. Be better opportunities That's elsewhere. Um, all right, let's go to the other end of the scale now. Uh, Jim wants a view, uh, Michael, on CSL. Of course, if you didn't know uh, what CSL was before the pandemic, you certainly do now. They make vaccines, they um, not just COVID vaccines that are having issues at the moment, but flu vaccines and they're in the business of blood, plasma yep. and the whole thing, not only here, but around the world. One of, one of the great Australian, you know, you, you look at Cochlear, ResMed and CSL are just great global medical companies yeah. that all started here in Australia. Yeah, you often hear about the, the miners, you know, Rio, BHP, yeah. these great Australian companies, but often it's actually these healthcare companies which have probably yeah. taken the mantle off them in many cases. Um, CSL might even still be the biggest market cap on the Australian market. Um, it's a very, very high quality business, one that we've owned for a long time for clients and owned a long time personally. Um, we've been adding to it in more recent mm -hmm. times, really any time over the last six months, we've been really adding, I think we put it out in the monthly report um, in around sort of October or something around $2, uh, $275, $280. Um, it's come under a bit of pressure for a number of reasons. Uh, the main reason being the blood collection or 
Um, obviously, with COVID, people haven't been able to get out and yeah. about as much and they haven't been able to collect as much blood. See, they, they collect just a... Um, sort of point out to viewers they collect blood in the United States where you earn money for giving yeah. blood rather than here in Australia you do it as a community thing that's it um, in the US it, you you can earn a dollar out of it but with COVID no one's been going out and they that's haven't it. been able to collect blood and the Aussie dollar's been rallying as well over the last 12 months from sort yeah. of below 70 cents um, up to where it even is now it was 80 at one point it's come back a little bit since but they earn 90% of their revenue overseas um, in US dollars, and that's obviously put a little bit of pressure on them. But effectively, they, they, their biggest business is the blood collection, where they take blood, they spin the blood, extract the blood plasma, and they can basically guarantee supply across the five blood proteins um, really anywhere in the world where a lot of their competitors can't. And any traumatic surgery or major surgery yeah requires a blood transfusion more often than not. So their products are constantly in demand. They've obviously got the flu vaccine as well, which is yep. one of their big products. They've got haemophilia vaccines. They've got all different sorts of things that they're constantly they're working on business. as well. Um, it does look expensive and trade on the high multiples, but it's got decades of track record to back it up. And as I always point out with CSL, they spent last year, I think, about $950 billion in research and development. And they basically account for that on the balance sheet straight up in the first year. Uh, many companies would spread that out over, say, a 10-year period yeah. um, and spread out their mm -hmm. research and development. So that has the effect of depressing their earnings in the short term, which inflates the PE ratio. But it's a great business, and we think that now the sort of weakness... You'd, you'd be buying? For new clients that haven't held it, we've been buying it, and we are okay. continuing to do that. We're, we're going to agree yeah. again. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, BHP gets way too much airtime <laughs> relative yeah. to CSL. I mean, CSL yeah. is infinitely superior to BHP yeah. in terms would, of the Would you be adding at these lower um, prices? We have been for some clients. Okay. Um, a lot of clients are pretty full on it. Um, yeah. So, But it's more the new money that's come in over the last 12 months or so that have never or owned CSL okay. or over the last two years, we right. then start to buy it now. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I agree with all of that kind of stuff. It, it is, it is um, uh, super strong great economics, wonderful moats. It'll be around for another 100 years without a doubt. <laughs> Maybe not 100 years, you know, 20 years at least, yeah, yeah. you know. It's, 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 it, is, it is the absolute kind of business that you want to have in, in your portfolio, I think, and a set and forget. You have to, like, there, are, there, are, there are bad news events. Uh, FX is a great one here. 90% of your money earned overseas. A higher Aussie dollar is absolutely bad for you. You can't spin yeah. that any other way. COVID, absolutely bad news. But this isn't a structural problem. That, yeah. that, that will change. And if you, if you have been following CSL for any length of time, these big drawdowns happen all the time. They fell 35% yeah. in 2018. They fell 25% in 20. It happens all of the time. And usually because brokers start getting their knickers in a knot about some short-term cyclical head, yeah. uh, uh, headwind, which, which has no, no bearing on mm. the structural quality of, of this kind of business. So yes, you do have to pay up for a business of, of, of this nature, but and it is on a PE of about 40, which, which sort of seems a bit up there. But put this in context, their per share earnings growth has been 17% per annum since 2012. Mm. Even over the last five years, it's been around a 12, 13% wow. per annum. So a company of that size growing at that magnitude with such competitive strength. Look, I, I'm not saying, I mean, don't write in if this thing goes down another 20% from here. I have no yeah. idea, but I would be very, very, very confident in five mm. years it'll be higher than okay. it is today and deliver you a decent return. All right. There you go. Good management as well. Yeah. Headed by Absolutely. Brian McNamee.
brother of Paul McNamee, the tennis player, and they look almost identical. <laughs> Bit of trivia. Um, uh, Andrew, Julie wants a view on Paradigm uh, Pharmaceuticals, basically a pharmaceutical company that repurposes drugs, brand name, drug, uh, generic drugs, does yeah. it? Uh, yeah, as basically I understand it. Now, this is the complete opposite end of the spectrum to CSL. Yeah. Um, these guys don't make any money, and, and that's, that's not because their costs are greater than their sales. It's because they don't have any sales. Yeah. Um, they're try it's pentazan polysulfate sodium, which is used uh, potentially in the treatment of musculoskeletal diseases. Yeah. I just throw those big words in there to make me look smart. I have no idea what that means, <laughs> but, I know, but I do know that um, it, it has yet to generate any revenue for them. These kinds of businesses, hope always springs eternal. I'm actually really grateful that there are companies out there like this doing yep. really important work, and I, I wish them every success. But it is super, super, super speculative. I tend to think if you're going to play around in this space, um, you either have to take a very broad basket approach or you have to be someone who has a very deep understanding of the science and have right. a view on this. Now, you ask me what's the uh, efficacy of pentazan polysulfate sodium and its application to musculoskeletal? No idea. Yeah. And I could spend the next six weeks you know, buried up in medical journals and probably come out even more confused than, than when I went in. So again, it's that one, is this a one foot bar to step over? No, this is a this is a this is a uh, you know thirty foot bar. You've got to try and and uh, 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 high jump over. Um, if if what they and then look, you read the announcements and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, promise that's in there. But but then again, there always is. And so uh, at this stage, it just seems hyper speculative and no yeah. way, no way. Um, yeah, my understanding just from the research that I did, it's not one that I've heard of before, is that they take existing drugs that have already been approved for other disorders and then look to get FDA approval, in this case, for deep vein thrombosis. Um, they're in stage three clinical trials, so they obviously have gone pretty far down the road yeah. of getting this approved. And if they can just get over that next hurdle, they'll probably take off. Um, I think it's been pretty well backed by some famous AFL names from the research that I've done, which has sort of increased the marketing and awareness Guy, of it. Guys who are experts in, <laughs> in medical science, of course. I think Leo Barry might even, he might have worked in, in finance here and oh, there, right. I think. So, so Leo, is that Chris Judd? Yeah, Chris Judd is there. Right. Um, yeah. Andrew Walker, who's right. obviously suffered from some of these issues before, apparently. Yep. So he's yeah. uh, maybe, I think, might have been part of the, the clinical trials. I don't know. They don't hold me to that. Um, but it's like one of these businesses that if it gets past this next hurdle, they yeah. will do incredibly well. Yeah. But even if that happens, they still got to then commercialize this drug and, and increase awareness for it. So it's not a foregone conclusion then. It's already had a pretty big run up, uh, not so much over the last 12 months, but in the, the time before, as you can see from the chart. Um, but let, look, fingers crossed they get over the line, but it's not for me at this point in time, because again, it's that binary outcome. Either it's going to tank 70% yeah. or even more, or it's going to go up 100 okay. or 200. So, so wait for that time I think so, issue yeah. to go through it. Interesting business, I we should. Yeah. Um, Get the bonos, but the, the thing to remember with uh, these these phase one, two, three trials and all that kind of the, the, the earlier ones are the easier ones to pass. Yeah, yeah, and and, and so uh, you right. see it yeah. all of the time. Uh, I mean, the, the stringency gets higher the further. Obviously, that, that you go up up the up the chain. So it happens all the time. It's like we've passed phase one, we've passed phase two, and then ah, oh, we fell over. Uh, it, all, right. all of the time. So phase three is a tough one. It, I, I actually, exactly. don't, I'm not sure how many phases yeah, yeah. there are, but yeah. but I know yeah, yeah. that they get progressively higher and higher bars yeah. to, to get across. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, Michael, uh, Angus wants a view on Alcidian Group, sort of health related, but more in the health administration of yep. uh, patient records and getting them online efficient with the hospitals. Yeah, so this is why Bosbiz is so good, because I was on this show 
um, probably back in, I think it was August last year or September last year, and this stock popped up on the list and I would have been on the show with you. And it's after the show went away and did some research into it and decided that, guys, this is a good one for us to get clients into. And, and in probably around October, November, we started getting clients into it and it's since taken off and done very, very well. Um, it's a, a very interesting business, sort of a hybrid company as you touch upon. Jeez, in the yeah, uh, up 50% it has done yeah, well I mean, for we've, you. We've probably, yeah, probably around 15 to 20 cents. That's where we okay. were sort of getting people right. in. Um, it's not for everyone, obviously, because it's still quite a small business. And we've still been getting people in uh, in more recent times as well. Um, and look, the company is doing some, some very good things. Um, it's got some very interesting technology across sort of three key components to their business. There's the, the first part of the business, which is about optimizing different uh, hospital functions, such as bed rotation. Yeah. Um, and then they've got another application, which is basically um, internet communication, which allows you to transfer images and and basically manage Huge. client records and, and yep. those sorts of things as well. So very interesting company, um, seems to be doing a lot of the right things, winning new contracts, revenues are growing, margins are incredibly high up around some 90% or so. So if the company can continue on that current path, um, the share price can continue to do very, very well and it's going some way to justifying the current prices. Um, today it's in a trading halt, I'm pretty sure, because it's undertaking a capital raising. Uh, likely because it's done an acquisition, I think. So fingers crossed that acquisition's EPS accretive and then they can raise some money at a pretty decent price and right. continue to drive that expansion. But look, still a speculative early stage, not speculative, but an early stage company with a lot to sort of get right. But the early signs are the business is moving in the right direction. Okay. So sure. it's a buy. Buy? I was a bit nervous that you were yeah. going to go first. It's, it's my largest position on oh, Strawman. Really? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's ranked number three on our platform for our users. It's done really well for, for us over the long term. Another, another example of just not trying to worry about timing too much and not trying to worry about drawdown. Yeah. This was a story that's just been building for a long time and the market's just finally sort of recognized. It is amazing to think, particularly over in the UK, that doctors still use pages, yeah. you know, clipboards at the end of beds. I mean, it's have 2021, I, for goodness sakes. Have I told the story I helped set up the Organ Tissue Authority in Australia to oh. improve organ transplants really? and donations, which we were one of the worst in the world. And the biggest gains we got, apart from getting people to register to be an organ donor, um, which if you haven't, you Do should. It. Yep. Um, communications between hospitals when a, um, um, a, a, an organ transplant um, became available. Yeah. That they were still faxing, faxing everything yeah. through. And so the hospitals, when a, a patient came up, to alert hospitals that there was an organ donor available. Um, it was just too hard for them. And all of these people had registered as organ donors uh, were basically wasted. And um, yeah. so the biggest thing is now um, organ transplant teams around the country get text messages when a donor comes up and then all of the images are sent through to them digitally within 30 minutes. As, as and, they should. And that's the yeah. reason it's gone up, to back up. And Hosp hospitals have yeah. been pretty archaic on that. The, the healthcare sector has been very slow Terrible. adopting, and this structural shift is underway, yeah. and there is momentum there. So that doesn't mean our city is So have we missed win. the boat? Um, I, look, 
I, prior to the, today's announcement, I actually, if you look at my valuation on Strawman, I think it is a little bit overvalued, although I have learned the hard way that yeah. you don't get too fussy and too clever with very fast growing businesses uh, chasing okay. big markets with good traction. So I, I, I didn't sell um, any. Um, it will depend on, on what acquisition this is. As Michael said, there's a lot of devil in the detail. It is a great time to do an acquisition when your market cap is now, what, three times higher than, than, yeah. than what it was. There was a really great opportunity last year. Uh, Kate, the CEO, was was buying shares out of yeah. her own own pocket. They had some really good traction announcing really okay, big so deals. Okay, so yes now. Does it go in the calls portfolio? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> go, guys. <laughs> After a, a pretty dodgy first half of the call, you've come good with CSL <laughs> and Alcidian. Uh, got to be quick running out of time. Thorny Opportunities Trust. So a listed investment company, yep. what was interesting that stood out to me about this is that they're quoted NTA. So you add up all the value of their assets in, in their portfolio. It's worth a lot about, of them unlisted as well. Yeah, oh, a bit right. of unlisted ones as well. They've got Service Stream in there. They've got uh, Mermaid Marine. They're very value oriented uh, uh, players, but the share price is at 50 cents. So there's a real disconnect right. uh, that's there. So you're actually able to buy those assets cheaper than if you bought them all together. Having said all of that, the shares seem pretty flat over the last five years. The earnings haven't been great. They they are very long-term focused. They have got a very good pedigree. So um, I, I generally don't invest in this space because I, I invest yeah. directly. So for yeah. that reason, no, but but uh, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Um, prominent Melbourne identity, Alex Whitehall, um, was married to one of the, the Pratt, Pratt daughters. He's very successful and, in his and own ran, right. ran the family investment That's fund. That's it. Yeah. Um, he's very successful in his own, own right, yeah. done very well. This is probably not his greatest hour so far. Uh, I think it's listed in 2016. It's slightly up over that period, the, the fund, but he's been more value oriented. He's got a tech fund too. Yeah, also. tech fund. Uh, the value oriented fund, values struggle compared to growth, but that's starting to rotate back the other way. So I'm sure over time it'll come good, but the big discount to NTA is probably what makes it attractive. Yeah. Um, so if you are looking for a diversified entry into the, the market, this is a one way to do it where you're going to okay. get access at a pretty big discount. So it's, right. it's a hold for me, but... Right but it's worth keeping an eye on. Okay. All right, let's uh, recap the final five stocks. Uh, Server Stream, um, it was a sell for our viewer who uh, uh, paid double the price for it. Basically, the guy is saying, look, you can use your money better elsewhere. Uh, CSL, a buy from both. Paradigm, no from both. Alcidian, a buy from both. And Thorny Opportunities, a no from, uh, from Andrew and a hold from Michael. So CSL and Alcidian go into the calls portfolio. Uh, Andrew Page from Strawbank, great to see you, mate. As Thank usual, you. Michael Wayne from Medallion, always Thanks, great to have you on board. Uh, if you'd like any to put in any or suggest any stocks we take a look at, put to the expert team, email the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, reminder, all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And on the Startup Daily Show coming up at 2 p.m., um, Samuel Wood, who is raising a million bucks um, through crowdfunding for his e-commerce fashion platform, Azura, um, will be talking to the guys along with a whole bunch of other startup and scale-up founders and venture capitalists. Startup Daily Show is the program for a lot of unlisted companies that are, are looking to, to raise cash. Uh, so a lot happening on Ausbiz for the rest of the afternoon. You don't want to miss a minute of it. We'll be back after the break.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.